Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Get a breath there. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Romans 8, 28. And we'll read this verse out loud together, pausing at any punctuation. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. Give you a second to get there. If you're there, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. All right, let's begin reading. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, just for your Bible. Um, God, there's so many promises that you've given us or that you didn't have to. But Lord, you've given us promises, things that you're held by. And your word. And I thank you, Lord, for this promise. I ask you to help us, Lord, as we uh, study and dive into it tonight. Would you help our ears to be open, our hearts to be open, and would you write upon the tables of our heart? Lord, we love you. We ask that you be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Maybe seated. Keep your Bibles open. We'll use Romans 8.28 tonight as our text verse, as our launching pad, as the basis for the truth. This may be one of the most misunderstood, mistaught, and messed up truths taught in our world today. Romans 8.28 Somehow people have gotten the idea that God tells us that when things are going bad around us, that eventually he's going to turn that bad situation into good. And that is not what God says. God does not say the bad that you're facing right now, he's going to turn it into something good. Uh, God does not change the course of time just because you don't feel comfortable right now. Uh, God is not going to change the events of life that you don't like. Let me be very personal with you for a moment here. 22 and a half years ago, my uh, dear pastor and my hero, Dr. Jack Hiles, he had had a heart attack, he had open heart surgery, and died. Uh, may I say something? That was not good. Not at all. 74 years old. Young man. Young man. It hurt. By the way, his church has never recovered from it. Uh, God did not change Jack Hiles' death because hundreds of thousands of people around the globe were praying for him. He had his surgery on a Tuesday, uh, I'm sorry, on a Monday night. Uh, I was preaching at uh, Evening College Chapel at the college. I had the wonderful blessing of being the only staff person available on church staff to preach uh, that night while Brother Hiles was under the knife. You ought to try preaching in College Chapel when that's going on. And we all knew that the prognosis was not going to be probably good, but we honestly just didn't. He was one of those people you never expected to die. You just thought when he, if he did die, God was coming back the same day kind of thing. Uh, but people all over the world were praying that he would not die, and yet he did. Now, again, his death was not good. Him dying was not a good thing for us. Now, look at me, if you will. It has never been good 
when I've had to tell a mom or a dad that their teenage daughter is pregnant out of wedlock. It's never been good when I've had to tell a mom or a dad that their son got a teenager pregnant. It's never been good when someone gets news that they have inoperable cancer. It's never good when news comes, it's Alzheimer's. It's never good when uh, our Christian friends and our missionary friends, uh, there was some a few years ago over in Syria where a missionary and his three children, uh, they ISIS got a hold of them and uh, beheaded all three of the children in front of the parents and then the man's wife and then him. Say, preacher, that's not good. But God tells us in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things, and I want you to notice the next two words, work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. God did not say that everything was going to turn out good. God did not say that everything is good. But he said that he would work things together for good. That's important. See, we have this idea that because we're Christians that nothing should ever go wrong. Well, I hate to tell you something. It's going to. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And we live around a bunch of other sinners. And God knows we have sinners in government at all levels. Especially county commission. I mean, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, uh, God has not ever said that everything in life or in your life is going to be good. Ladies, you got married. You know not everything in life is good. Uh, our sin has messed up a lot of what God wanted for us. Now, we as Christians will never be judged for our sins eternally. But we will face consequences for our sins here. And we have to suffer consequences for other sinners that live around us while we're here. That means this. God's not always in control of the situation. What do you mean? God's not in control? No, God's not in control. How many times have you done things that you shouldn't have done? Well, God's in control. He wasn't in control of you because you didn't give him control. You see, God doesn't control every situation. A perfect God could build a world that is a whole lot better than what we have today. Our sin is what has taken that control away from God. When God's in control during the millennium, we won't have the problems we have today. When we're in heaven, we won't have those problems. That's when God's in full control. But not until then is, uh, by the way, the religion will tell you, well, everything's happening just the way God wanted. That's a bunch of garbage. As I heard someone say yesterday, that's a trash fire. Uh, there, there's no truth to that at all. Now, uh, we, we never have to face judgment for our sin as a Christian. But we will have to face the consequences of sin. 
not just ours, but others. So, and as I said this morning, the law of sowing and reaping does not change for anybody. Now, let me try to help you tonight. Let me help you understand Romans 8.28. Look at it again with me. And we know that all things, how many things? All things work together for what? Good. Good. Now watch this. God does not say that all things are going to work together for my good. God does not say, and we know that all things work together for my good. God never said good will always be the result in your life. I hate to tell you that. Cancer is not good for you. But cancer has its good. Say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, it employs doctors, nurses, medical facilities, pharmacists, scientists, So there is some good that comes from it. Everybody see? So God has worked. (laughs) There are people in this room. You've made part of your living in the medical world because of what people have as problems that aren't good. Uh, Cancer itself is not good. But there is good that can come because of it. Everybody understand that? But it may not come to the person that has it that you know. And I get that. God did not say someone breaking into your house and and stealing things is good. But we do employ police officers, investigators, have insurance companies, judges, etc. And there is a justice system set up for that. When they steal the church van and rob seven places and get involved in car wrecks and smash and total our van. And years later, we get checks from the people that had to do that for restitution. I think it's funny. Now, uh, may I say something here? The situation being robbed is not good. But good can come from that eventually. But it may not be your good that comes about okay let me bring it down to where i started brother hiles's death 22 years ago was not good for america it wasn't good for our our world even because of the influence of the college but it was good for brother hiles he's been in heaven for 22 years You have to understand something. He traveled almost 10 million miles preaching. Preached 78,500 sermons. A man that was used, uh, authored 44 different books. Two grade schools, two junior highs, two high schools, and a Bible college that he oversaw. And in the world's largest Sunday school, we averaged over 25,000 people every Sunday morning. For the last two years of his life, we baptized over 15,000 people every year. Baptized. 
We had high Sundays, the highest Sunday on the property of the church that I know of. City Hammond was 78,000 people, and we had about 110 or 111,000 people on the church property in one Sunday. Now try that one once. We baptized over 5,500 people in one day on a Pentecost Sunday. Three times we baptized more than 3,000 people in one day. Now, it's not good that he is gone, but it's good for him. He was tired. He was wore out from the battle. (laughs) Don't think that God will magically make bad turn into good because you want it to. God didn't say, Romans 8.28, rub the bottle and the genie pops out and turns everything bad into good. Oh no. But he said, and we know that all things will work together for good. But he did not say it would work together for your good. But there's good that can come. Number two. (laughs) Hold on to your hats. It gets a little tougher. God does not say that things will work out together for good in my lifetime. There are some things that may not work together for good while it's in your lifetime. It didn't work out real good for Moses, did it? He died in the mountain before they got to the promised land. But it was good. The Jews, uh, the Hebrews eventually did get to Canaan land. Everybody look at me for a second. Here's a thought. The signers of the Declaration of Independence, the signers of the Constitution, the men that gave their lives for the Declaration of Independence did not see the real prosperity of America. They didn't. Most of them died either by being killed or running for their lives penniless. The real prosperity of America did not happen for over 125 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But look at the great country God gave us. Real prosperity took many generations. Now, The foundation for real prosperity was there. Listen to me, everybody. I want want your eyeballs up here. Uh, Real prosperity may not come in your lifetime, but if you have set the course for it, it still may come. We don't understand the influence that we have. We don't. We don't understand what God's going to do with what influence we've used in our lives. <laughs> I was, it, it just amazes me at the influence of a little country church like Grace Baptist Church and how many people in America look to this church for strength. You say, our church? Yeah, our church. Say, why? I don't know. I just know they do. The good you are looking for may take many generations. Not just a few days or weeks or even years. 
my aunt and uncle were here a few weeks ago, and my dad and us were all at the table talking, and they were talking about a relative, and I'm not going to go into, I'm not even sure I even met who this relative was, but I think he fought in World War II or Korea. My, un- my uncle said, you remind me of this person. I believe, if I'm right, he took his own life, didn't he? Or just died very early. The war destroyed him. He didn't come back right. Now, wait a minute. What that man fought for, and honestly, I didn't even know him. But when my uncle said, you remind me of, and he gave the name, he said, by the way, that is a compliment. I knew what that meant. But it took generations to get there. Took generations to get there. Not a generation, generations. So you have to understand that sometimes good does not come in our lifetime. God waited 4,000 years for Jesus to come to Bethlehem's manger. It's been 2,000 years since then. But I hate to tell you something. Good's on its way. It's called the rapture. Something good's about to happen to (laughs) y'all. When's it coming, preacher? Don't know, but I know this. It's coming. You see, it may not come in our life, but it's coming. How about we quit worrying about the good happening to us and let's let just do everything we're supposed to do and let God give the increase. We're so busy looking for the good that we don't do what it takes to get the good. You want the end result without the work that goes into it. Thus, this is probably the main point, and if you miss this, you miss the whole sermon. Number three, not all the elements of good are good by themselves. Not all the elements of good are good by themselves. Let's talk about something everybody in here understands. Cake. See, I knew I'd get your attention. Did you know that... Cake requires sugar, butter, eggs, vanilla, flour, baking powder, milk, and 375-degree oven. Who in here wants to eat two cups of flour? Just raw flour. If you've got more than a couple grains of just raw flour in your mouth, you're not happy. You take a big old table, heaping tablespoon of flour and put it in your mouth once. <laughs> Blowing dust everywhere and... Now, flour by itself is not good. Not many people, most normal people, don't like sucking down a raw egg. You know, that's like somebody coughed up a giant and then you got to put it and swallow her back down. I didn't say it, you did. I just drew you to the attention of it, amen? You know, who's going to take a stick of butter and just stick it in your mouth and start chewing? That's just not, that's just not normal. 
you know, take a bottle of vanilla extract and start pouring it down the hatch. That stuff's about as nasty as it gets. Now, listen to this very carefully. You're not going to stick your head in a 375-degree oven for very long either. But may I say something? The individual ingredients by themselves may not be good. But when they're put together in the right combination and mixed together appropriately and put into the right heat for the right amount of time, we sure do like the end result. You see, (laughs) that's much like what God says. And we know that all things... All the ingredients work together for good. Each and every individual ingredient by themselves may not be good, but if we let God proportion it, and we let God mix it together, and we put it through the heat of time and the heat of opposition, God can break a cake better than anything you've ever had. You see, we humans tend to look at every situation. We tend to look at each and every ingredient by themselves and we say, that's distasteful. That's not good. I don't enjoy that. No, uh, I don't enjoy all the individual ingredients either. And I honestly don't like getting mixed up sometimes. But when God does, look out because good's on its way. I didn't enjoy. (laughs) I hated school. I really was not a person that enjoyed school. I wanted to get on with life. How many times do I have to learn what a noun is and a pronoun and a verb and an adverb and an adjective and a predicate adjective, predicate nominative, direct object? I I could do it in my sleep. What's that? Yeah, some of us went to a real school. Uh, (laughs) You know, how many times do you have to learn that the grants uh, that, that fought in the Civil War was also the president, amen, and, and other things. Now, may I say this? You have to understand something. I went to school. Now, I still don't understand why they put numbers and letters together and call it mathematics. That's stupid. Uh, dumber in a box of rocks. But uh, I, I will tell you this. I thank God I, I did what I did. I thank God for where I got to go. We were back in Ohio, we were in Amish country, and stopped at a little farmer's market type thing there. I was getting some cheese for my dad and my wife, and uh, Brother Aaron was buying out half the store for everybody. And uh, he starts talking to this lady. She wasn't Amish, but she was dressed appropriately. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear him say, well, my preacher's preaching a revival meeting uh, up the road. And she said, "What? where at? She told She said, I used to go to church and school there. Found out I went to school with this girl, lady, not a girl anymore. Old lady. She was older than me. Uh, she was a few years ahead of me. Yeah. She was decrepit and walking with a cane and uh, an antique, beyond antique. Now, wait a minute. Uh, just out of the blue, there it was. And it seemed like everywhere we went, it was something like that. And the influence that kept going. Can I tell you something? And we know that all things work together for good. The individual ingredients are not good. 
but the end result is. The individual ingredients may be bitter. You know, if you're making biscuits, nobody wants to take a... Uh, you don't want to replace two cups of salt for two cups of flour. You're not going to have biscuits. You're going to have salt blocks. They're going to call you Lot's wife or something, you know? Turn it into a salt block. Uh, the individual ingredients may be distasteful. They may be bitter. It may get real hot. 375 degrees is not, not cool. But you let God do the mixing and you let God do the baking and you let God put it all together and mix it up the right way and watch what he can come up with. Yes. See, we're so concerned about each and every ingredient well, we ought to just keep on going and let God mix it up and see what he can do. I mean that. Uh, God knows how to frost to decorate the cake and hide the cracks in it. Just like in sheetrock, sheetrock, mud, and paint hide a multitude of mistakes, amen? Well, in cake decorating, frosting hides a multitude of mistakes, amen? See, ladies, I've been there. I know what, you're, what you do. Just throw more icing on it. Nobody will ever know. No man cares what it looks like. It's just got to go down the pie hole. Amen. Wait a minute. God can take care of the imperfections. But let's not look at all the individual ingredients. I was thinking just this week in preparation. When my wife and I went to Bible college before we were married, and then we got married, and then we left there and went to California, that was not good. Now, I learned a lot of things, but I was out there during the Rodney King riots. They were burning buildings down seven blocks from my house. Uh, There wasn't a 30-day period I didn't see police officers with guns drawn publicly in the streets. Uh, Twice they used the church... uh, uh, p- uh, parking lot to land helicopters for hostage situations and gang unification meetings broken up with automatic machine gun fire four blocks from my house. Oh, I've seen a lot of stuff. And here's two young kids fresh out of Bible college. I drove from Indiana to Southern California. We pull up and my wife says, do we have a house to move into? I said, don't know, but we're fixing to find out. I didn't even have a place to move into. And then we fought a battle there that was unbelievable, and God miraculously moved us from there to Charleston, South Carolina. You talk about going from one extreme to another. We went from fast pace, L.A. County, to Charleston, South Carolina, where it takes them three minutes to say hello. <laughs> we went from no humidity to all humidity. We went from mountains and beaches to the swamp. I got there, and (laughs) I had a brick house, and the air conditioner was broken. It's 95 degrees. And I couldn't figure out what the green fog was every day. And it was the paper mill. It smelled worse than anything your husband has ever done in in life. And it just makes your clothes stink. If you've never smelled a, a paper mill, you have no idea. It's horrible. Now, wait a minute, we, we were quite busy there, and things weren't bad, but there were days that were heavy, and then, of course, we went to Indiana. 
I worked for Brother Hiles, and boy, was that a whirlwind. Uh, and then things got a little rough there, we, and we've been in this area, started the church. And I look at all the individual things we've been through by themselves, a little distasteful. By themselves, not real pleasant. But boy, you put it all together, God's been mighty good. Amen. Mighty good. Did I understand it all? I'm not sure I understand it all yet. But God's been mighty good. You see, let's not look at the individual ingredients. Let's look at the whole thing as God puts it together. Number four, and I'll finish. <laughs> this is what I really need you to understand. The good usually comes when we start looking at it from God's view and not ours. The good usually comes when we start seeing it from God's point of view and not ours. I still don't see all the good things from some of the bad things that have happened in my life. But I know God uses it for good. When Josh was four months old, he was on life support for three weeks. Tragic situation, just an emergency situation. Not going to go into the story again, but uh, three weeks he laid on life support. The night all this took place, about 12.31 o'clock in the morning, I called the pastor and he said, well, sounds like you got it all under control. I guess you don't need to come to work in the morning. Hung up and went back to sleep. My wife said, is he coming? And I said, he's got something else to do. I said, what was that? It was a lie, but I didn't want to hurt my wife. But I made a vow to God that night that I would never let Anybody I know hurt by themselves. I would never let people go through hard times by themselves. I don't care what time of day or night. Many of you have called at all hours of the day and night and said, Preacher, I got I'll be right there. Say, so, well, I don't want to bother the preacher. Bother the preacher because you'll bother me if you don't. I made a promise to God 32 years ago almost at my knees at an intensive care ward, uh, pediatric intensive care ward uh, waiting room that I'd never let people hurt by themselves. I can't tell you how many hundreds and probably thousands of people God's allowed me to help because of that. Was it good then? No. But it's been good. It's never been good when... Been called to the hospital. Is it University of Chicago Hospital? Little, about one year old baby rolled off the edge of the bed and got stuck between the bed and the dresser and hung there and choked herself to death. It was the second baby that this family had lost. One to SIDS and then this one. Just two or three years apart. I had to reach into that mama's arms and take that lifeless body out and hand it to a nurse to take to the morgue. And she looked at me and she said, <laughs> and the pastor was there. And he said, I can't do it, you do it. He walked out. And I walked over and I said, it's time. 
And they said, Kent, I just, I said, no, you'll get to see him again in heaven. She'll be there. And I picked up that baby out of that mama's arms as she wept and handed it to the nurse. No, that's not good. I've preached many a funerals for a casket that was only that big. Many. It's never good. But can I tell you something? All them little ones are in heaven and they're doing fine. They are. Never been good with the five grandkids that I have in heaven. But I sure am enjoying the one of God. Can I tell you something? We don't always see the good. And each and every individual element or ingredient may not be good. But when we start seeing it from God's point of view, we get a little different look. How many of you ever flown in an airplane before? How many of you ever taken off and it was cloudy and rainy down here? All right. Isn't it amazing? About five to ten minutes after you take off, you break through those clouds and it's bright and sunny. And you're thinking, man, it's gorgeous up here. It looked pretty trashy down there, but it's gorgeous up here. And we know that all things work together for good. You're on the wrong, you're looking at the wrong side of the clouds. How many times have I heard this? Well, under the circumstances, we'll get out from underneath the circumstances. Quit living under the circumstances and get on top. But preacher, I've got battles and I've got opposition and I've got this. Good, the heat's on. That means God's putting you through the, you're going to be a good cake. You're going to be some cathead biscuits, amen? Uh, you're you're going to come out all right. <laughs> Losing my pastor 22 years ago wasn't good. But had I not lost my pastor 22 years ago, Grace Baptist Church wouldn't have been here for the last 11 years. We wouldn't have seen the thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved. Do you realize how many hundreds of thousands of gospel tracts have gone out of this place? I'm not supposed to look at that one bitter element and say I give up because that's distasteful. Aren't you glad I didn't look at the elements and I said, God, just keep on mixing it up. Here we go. Aaron reminded me this morning, two years ago today, it was a hot day. My son and I were knocking on doors and knocked on their door that week before. But two years ago today, I sat in their living room and won them to Christ. I look at all those elements back there that weren't real tasteful. But that's worth it right there. Any day. Any day. <laughs> I'm not to look at the bitter elements. I'm to look to do the most good with all what I have. I'm not to complain about the taste. I can't taste it anyway. I'm not to worry about somebody else's elements. I'm just supposed to do what I can do. Let God mix it up and turn it into something good. The texture may not be pleasant at first. 
Ladies, have you ever looked at some of those things that you all mix up? It, if you ate some of that batter, it would be kind of yucky. But when it bakes together, it comes out pretty good. My wife makes carrot cake. And it's good stuff, but if you watch that stuff going into the pan when it's liquid, you think somebody else already had it and got sick. <laughs> Chunky and mmm, thinking, that just doesn't look real pleasant. But you put all that together and we'll put the heat on that thing and let her come back out of that oven, and it comes out a whole lot better than it went in. Texture didn't look good going in, but it sure was good going down the pie hole after it got baked, Amen. Now, I don't want to sit there and spoon it out of the pan like that. No way. Our ability to see the end is not like God's. He sees the end before the beginning. How about we quit looking at the individual ingredients as the whole cake? Well, I've just got a pile of flour, preacher. Good. Keep on going. You might get some eggs. Especially the way some of you cackle. Uh, <laughs> and then you might get some vanilla. Then you might get some milk. Then you might get some bacon powder. Then you might get the rest of what you need. And God's going to put it all together and mix it up real good. And if you wait long enough, you're going to have a nice cake. You see, we look at the individual ingredients way too much. But God, the flower's not pleasant. No, but if you give it time, and we know all things work together for good. May not be my good. May not be in my lifetime. And I may not understand it all now. <laughs> but when I start looking at it from God's point of view, hang on, it's going to get a whole lot gooder. I know that's not good grammar, but it's good preaching. Amen. Maybe we should start loving others and not worry about our ingredients. If we quit worrying about the ingredients and just give everything we've got and do everything we can to help everybody we can help, it's amazing what could be done. Isn't it? It's just amazing. And we know all things work together for good. Not my good, but for good. It's got to get worked together. Let's not look at the individual ingredients. Let's let God put it all together. Who would have ever thought 11 years ago, Grace Baptist Church would be the mixed up cake. It's a fruit cake now. <laughs> Fruits, flakes, and nuts. Here they come. Amen. Now, wait a minute. I remember how afraid I was. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but look what God has done. Uh, do you look at all the elements? No, you just keep on going. Let God keep mixing it up. And it sure is a pleasant thing. That's what God says. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Let me ask you a question. Are you focused on the ingredients? Some of us are so focused on the individual ingredients that we miss the cake. We complain to God so much he quits mixing it together. Maybe we just need to let God work it together and we'll just keep doing our part. 
If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, why don't you come and uh, let God take care of that for you? Oh, I'm not talking about some weird experience. I'm just talking about trusting Christ as your Savior. Maybe you need to come kneel at an old-fashioned altar and yield your ingredients to God and say, God, you bake the cake. I'm done trying to get the cake myself. I'll just keep providing the ingredients and I'll keep on going.